0: Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right, guys. No additional fees, hundreds of events for $39 a month. By now, you guys know what you could have gone to over the last couple weeks, the big wonderful Beer Fest, Jeff Dye at Comedy Works, Taps and Tails, Jay Balvin at the Pep Center, Indie Card Haunted House, literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners an awesome deal. If you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month try it. And I personally guarantee you that you're going to fall in love with it. If you go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50, again, you're going to get 50% off your first month. All those events, 5Ks, concerts, beer tastings, food fests for under 20 bucks, inwego.com backslash BSN.
1: welcome in to the bsn nuggets podcast presented by in we go
0: joined by a special guest Mason plumber i thought he was gonna knock that ref out in la <laughs> coaches will get testy with officials but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off yeah. i've never seen that before you should have taken a charge on him that <laughs> <a funny> <laughs> As always, the BSN Nuggets podcast is presented by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark, Wednesday edition of the show recording Wednesday morning. The Nuggets open their regular season. Later on this evening, it's finally here. The NBA regular season is here. It started Tuesday night. Two okay games. Philly-Boston wasn't that great. I thought OKC Golden State was much better. But we get to see the Nuggets tonight and what they've been working on all summer. They tip off their season, again, like I said, in L.A. against the Clippers Wednesday evening. What's your excitement level, 1 through 10, for this opener, say, compared to last season's opener?
2: Oh, man. I mean, I, there's so much optimism around the team this year, You yeah. know, not just from people in Denver, but everybody outside of Denver. Charles Barkley said the Nuggets are going to get the three seed this year, which was a little shocking to me. I can't tell whether Charles Barkley loves the Nuggets or hates the Nuggets. It depends on the day. Yesterday was one of the days he loves the Nuggets. But it's just it's kind of amazing to me that people are coming around on the, on the Nuggets finally. And, you know, I, I've been pretty optimistic about what they're building for a while now. I think, you know, almost everybody around the team has. But people outside of this market are, are starting to realize that there could be, you know, something special that they're building here. There could be something very special
0: that they're building here. We'll get our first taste of it tonight. Like I said, Wednesday against the Clippers. Here's what we got planned on today's show. We got a bunch of different player props that we're going to run through. Everything from how many triple doubles for Nikola Jokic this year will go over under uh, on a number that we set. Points per game for Jamal Murray. Gary Harris three-pointers made. Uh, Jamal Murray blue arrows fired. Michael Porter Jr. games played. We'll go over under on all those different props. First, though, we got some questions from the BSN Denver Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Of course, three of them to get to. Let's go to a new caller first. We've got Gabriel in Philly. Hey, uh,
1: the name's Gabriel. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, i been listening to your show for about two months, found you guys after the NBA around I think July or June. Uh anyway, uh it's been great listening to you guys. Love the show. Uh my I have a few two questions. My first question is uh if the Nuggets ever did go up against Philadelphia in uh best of seven game, who do you think would win? And then my other question was uh after all the reports that are coming out about from the Jimmy Butler Uh, incident. One of the things that I've heard was that Cass only cares about his numbers and not necessarily winning. Do you think that makes him a better or worse player than Jokic, if that's true? Thanks. Love the show and keep up the great
0: work. All right. Thanks, Gabe, for the question. I'll throw this one to you, Christian, first. Who would win in a playoff series? I guess this would have to be in the NBA finals unless uh, we had a conference realignment, but Nuggets or 76ers,
2: yeah, I'm I'm so ready for the conference realignment. By the way, but yeah, this is a, a bit of a random one. I, I think I would take the Philadelphia 76ers just because they play a little more balanced basketball. I mean, they're they're such a good defensive team, and they have their struggles in the offensive end sometimes. Um, Joel Embiid gets tunnel vision quite a bit. It's something he's got to work on. Ben Simmons still afraid to take jumpers, but. I would take Philly just because they're a little more balanced and that's what wins you playoff series.
0: I'd also take Philly this year just because they have at least a year of playoff experience under their belt. I know that's not a ton, but it's a year. It's something. The Nuggets have zero playoff experience under their belt. Paul Millsap has more playoff games than the rest of this Nuggets roster combined. So Denver's got to get in the playoffs See if their offense can translate. See if they can play defense in a playoff setting where it does seem like the game totally changes and basketball just really dribbles down to, for lack of a better word, one-on-one isolation basketball where you're just looking for mismatches on every possession. How will the Nuggets react to that? We've seen that happen sometimes in fourth quarters and it hasn't gone that well for Denver. We just need to see how it looks in the playoffs before we're going to take the Nuggets to beat a team, I'd say, like Philly, or really to beat any team in a first-round playoff series. That's why I'm so curious for this year. We will probably get our first chance to see Denver in a playoff setting, and my belief has been they probably have to get really beat down the playoffs to really rise and take that next step as a franchise. Maybe it's a scenario where they just get – demolished by Houston in, in the first round like they would have last year or by a Golden State. Maybe they can take a game from one of those teams, but it does seem like in the course of like NBA franchises, those that really rise from non-contenders, non-playoff teams to contenders like a Golden State, like a Houston, you've got to go through those one or two years where you just get killed in the first round, it seems, to take that next step and go back into the summer and for Nicole Jokic to say, okay, this is what it takes to win at this level. This is what I have to do to win on this stage. Yeah,
2: I mean, it, it was one of the reasons why it stunk the Nuggets didn't get in the playoffs last year because, you know, even if they had gotten demolished in the first round by a Golden State or a Houston, you know, Nicole Jokic probably would have been forced to defend high pick and roll after high pick and roll. And, you know, m- maybe, I don't want to say getting exposed, but your weakness is really getting held under a magnifying glass maybe that's one of the things that really motivates Jokic to get in a little bit better shape and improve his foot speed a little bit you know oftentimes just getting better in general you have to take your lumps first and
0: getting better comes with age and uh the more playoff experiences you get the more you grow and you know don't only get older but you get more reps under your belt too and that only helps the second part of Gabe's question there cat only cares about numbers does that make him a better or worse player than Jokic I think Jokic is a better player right now I said that when we were ranking players this offseason when we were discussing the Timberwolves drama and also discussing just how Jokic stacks up in the Western Conference to these other big men I would take Jokic over Carl Anthony Towns If i had to win one game this year i know i did say previously this summer that i'd rather have cat long term with what's happened in minnesota with some of the details that are coming out with how much more we're learning about cat i'm starting to shift back towards taking Jokic more long term and i might be there after the summer
2: yeah okay um i don't think it's fair to say that cat only cares about numbers um i mean look His personality and Jimmy Butler's, they they seem like oil and water in a lot of ways. You know, the best thing for Cat to do during that practice that Jimmy Butler stormed back in and, you know, punked Cat with the third stringers is to just bust his ass down in the post. I mean, that was one of the ways you can earn a little bit of respect from Jimmy Butler is use your physical advantages and just beast him down low. Um but, I mean, I think one thing with Carl Anthony Towns, I view him and Nicole Jokic essentially even as players right now. I mean, it's a toss-up which one you'd rather have. Um, but I think, you know, the the system that Jokic plays in, in Denver does a much better job of accenting his strengths versus the system that Carl Anthony Towns plays in Minnesota. I mean, I, I think if Carl Anthony Towns played in a more free-flowing system, then he'd look that much better. Um, I I just don't know that Tom Thibodeau is a great coach for Carlton D. Towns.
0: Probably not. And we've heard the stories. I've heard the rumors and the hearsay that Towns is selfish and does only care about numbers and is immature. I mean, I've heard that. I think that's been reported. I don't think that's breaking news by any means. That stuff just gets around in NBA circles. So. Does he only care about numbers? I mean, maybe, but uh, that, that, that situation isn't for long there, it seems, in Philly. Thank you, uh, Gabe, for the question. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got a question from our good friend of the show, Chris. Hey, it's Chris in Denver.
1: Uh, first off, i got to tack on what you guys are saying Monday and Tuesday. Uh, subscribe to BSN Denver. The content is great um you guys have been great all preseason lots of post-game audio lots of post-game breakdown uh stuff that you really don't see anywhere else a lot of the film breakdown that they're doing with the broncos and the abs are great too can't wait till it till i see some of this stuff with the nuggets um i love the nuggets as you guys could probably guess but realistically this isn't the dallas cowboys the new york yankees we' big franchise like that uh we're really we 're really privileged to have a place like b s n covering our team the way you guys do twenty twenty five bucks a year well worth the money subscribe uh second season predictions uh you know i 'm curious what you guys think about the uh n b a season on a on a league level coach of the year playoff teams champions award winners stuff like that next uh, I wanted to talk about jimmy butler um, I just heard the details on what uh, what all went down, and you know, look, and I mean, I'm more of a combat sports guy—wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, stuff like that. Wasn't really a team sports guy. I I don't I don't I don't see how Cat comes back from this. Honestly, like in any gym I've ever been in, if someone did that to another person, I'm hitting the door because I'm I'm worried someone's going to get violent. Because that just that kind of behavior is not tolerated, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, Towns has the ability to be like the next Tim Duncan. I, I don't see Tim Duncan ever letting anyone treat him like that, nor do I see Tim Duncan ever giving someone a reason to treat him like that. Work, ethic, character, all that stuff, unquestioned with towns, not the case. Curious where he goes from here. I know we're uh, we're getting a different era of uh, alphas and the NBA i curious what you think. And uh, lastly, I wanted to ask you guys about why, why you know, why can't uh, you play 10, 11 guys a game? Sort of in 40 minutes a game. Basketball is a pretty taxing sport. Tough schedule down the stretch. You know, like I said, I'm more of a, you know, wrestling jujitsu guy as far as sports go. Why can't you play 10 or 11 guys a game? Seems to me resting your uh, stars would be beneficial and making sure everyone's fresh um that's all i got for today as always keep up the great work love the show uh harrison christian i know you guys are going out to la be safe hope to see you saturday at the pepsi center and go nuggets
0: chris my man thanks for the kind words about bs and denver and yes if you haven't subscribed com backslash subscribe i can't say it enough you guys are probably missing out on about 50 percent of our coverage if not more If you're only listening to the podcast and not subscribed to BSN Denver, $4.99 a month if you want to buy a month to month subscription, as low as two or three bucks if you want to buy a year subscription. You don't just get access to our Nuggets coverage, you get our in depth reporting analysis, film room coverage from the Broncos, from the Avs, from the Rockies as well. So it's a great deal there. And I was going out to L.A. for the opener, but I am not anymore. So I will be in Denver, but I will see you at the Pep Center Saturday. If anybody else from the show wants to meet up, chat for a few minutes, more than open to, just hit me up on Twitter or send me an email. But let's go through our awards picks. This is a good time to do that. Thanks for bringing it up, Chris. Rookie of the year. Should we start there?
2: Yeah, my boy Luka Doncic, of course. Okay. Um, you know, I think we saw... Flashes of his brilliance in the preseason. I just don't think, you know, a prospect who's so accomplished at, at such a young age comes around very, off, very often, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just 100% in on Luka Doncic, man. Uh, I think the Mavs are going to be surprisingly decent this year. I could, I think they could win, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of mid to high 30s. Ooh. So, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they could be the ninth seed or something like that. Okay, okay. I think I got the Mavs finishing a
0: tad lower, not much lower, and I'm with you. I am all in on Luka Doncic. I think he's going to be the best player from this class long-term. He'll be the best rookie next year just in terms of the guy who adds the most wins to your team, I think. I'm going a little off the board with my rookie of the year pick. I'm going with Trey Young. Why? Because I believe he's going to lead all rookies in scoring he's the focal point of that Hawks team where Luka's going to have to share the rock a little more. Trey Young is going to be the primary option in Atlanta from day one. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 16, 17, 18 points per game. I don't think he's going to be better player than Luka Doncic this year or long-term. I do know how voters vote when it comes to rookie of the year, and they typically go with the guy who averages the most points per game. That's why I'm going with Trey Young. I think he's just going to have a monster year offensively. Yeah,
2: I mean that's probably going to be the issue. Are, are vote- voters going to value counting numbers or who contributes to winning the most? Because uh, I mean, I think Trey Young definitely will, will put up better counting numbers, and he'll probably, you know, he's, he'll probably average 15 points per game, maybe even more. He's going to need a ton of shots to get there. He's going to have a lot of nights where I think he goes like three for 12 from the field sure. and games like that. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm maybe, maybe voters are getting a little bit smarter now though too. Maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe just a little Deandre Ayton could win this thing too. He'll put up monster numbers in Phoenix. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Deandre Ayton averages 17 and 10, his rookie year, something like that. I mean, he's been dominant at times this preseason. Maybe some of those are empty stats, but I could see him having a monster year as well. I'd say those are the top three contenders. Coach of the year. I've got Quinn Snyder as my coach of the year. And obviously that goes along with me projecting the Jazz to finish as the third seed in the West. I think there's a chance they could sneak up into the two spot if Houston falls off a little more than people expect. But I feel like Quinn Snyder's been building up to this award for quite a while. And I think this is the year he gets it, especially if the Jazz are the three or maybe the two seed. He'll be a nice uh,
2: consensus, no, maybe not consensus, but uh, easy choice. I've got Mike Budenholzer, and mm-hmm. uh, I just think the Bucks are going to look so much better. I mean, running motion-heavy offense, It would the difference between them in the preseason and what they looked like last year on the offensive end was just night and day. I mean, when the ball is flying around and you know you're getting the ball to Giannis Antetokounmpo where he really only has to go one-on-one and he already kind of has that half-step advantage against his defender I think it's just over whereas you're just you know asking him to break the entire defense down at the top of the key life is just going to be so much easier for Giannis I think he's going to have a monster year and I think Bud is going to get a lot of credit too deservedly so do you have any honorable mentions for coach of the year um, I mean, Quinn Snyder and Brad Stevens are probably the other two guys. I think the Celtics are going to be the one seed in the East. I think they're going to go to the NBA Finals this year. And Quinn Snyder has been a really, really good coach in this league for a long time. I think the Jazz will have home court advantage in the first round. Um, I've got them finishing third in the West as well. So yeah, those are the other two names.
0: I teased this take on a podcast last week, or maybe that was earlier this week. The days really just blend together by now. How about Michael Malone as a dark horse for coach of the year? What if the Nuggets get the fourth seed in the West, like I'm predicting them to? I know you're predicting them to finish fifth in the West, but what if they get the fourth seed in the West when 50 games go from the ninth spot to the fourth spot with a four or maybe five game improvement? He could get some coach of the year consideration. I know I said on that previous show that I thought that consideration and that pub might happen earlier in the year. I think the Nuggets are going to get off to a really hot start this year, maybe 10 and 5 in their first 15 games. And maybe people are like, wow, Michael Malone is pushing the right buttons in Denver. I think he could get a couple votes when the votes do get tallied at the end of the year if Denver jumps up to the four seed from out of playoff contention entirely from the ninth to the fourth. I
2: think that would garner a few votes. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Jumping from nine to four, you, you the Nuggets easily could have been fourth last year, and we could have had an entirely different series of events. I mean, Michael Malone could have got an extension during this sure. season, and that was just a couple of games. So it wouldn't surprise me at all either. I, I just think, you know, those teams who are fourth through eighth in the West are are so close to one another that there's just not that much difference. I mean, two or three games, two or three wins can make a world of a difference.
0: We've got some more award predictions to get to. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, yada, yada, yada. We got to hit a break real quick. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer. And we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNBars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser, and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet. at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house
0: thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network welcome back to the bsn nuggets podcast presented by in we go harrison wind alongside christian clark wednesday edition of the show the nuggets open their regular season Wednesday night, later on this evening, in L.A. against the Clippers. Let's continue with these award predictions going off of our question from Chris. And I want to remind you guys, if you ever have a question for the show, hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. one bsn 8394 All it is, if you haven't called before, it's an answering machine. So just leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question for the show. We'll play it and we'll give you our reaction. It's the best way to get a question on the show. It's the best way to interact with the show. Total Beverage Fan Hotline 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. All right. Where should we go next? Defensive Player of the Year. What else do you got?
2: Oh, a defensive player of the year, give me Joel Embiid. Uh I think he was the second most disruptive defensive force in basketball last year behind Rudy Gobert. I mean, Joel Embiid just plays the game with reckless abandon. Yeah. I would be afraid to drive inside against him. I remember that game in Philly the Nuggets played. Jamal Murray looked a little shook to be honest with you. I mean, he was Jamal Murray looked a little nervous to go inside when Joel Embiid was in there and I'd be Oh man, he's such a beast, man. Joel Embiid, I think, could be, you know, you know, the best defender in this league for ten years or something like that if he can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, Embiid's a, a good pick. There's a number of good picks. I'll just go with Anthony Davis for the sake of this argument. I think he's in for a monster year in New Orleans. Of course, the caveat is the same caveat that Embiid has: can he stay healthy? But I will go with Anthony Davis finally playing mostly center, maybe, potentially, this year. Uh, Moving on, sixth man of the year. You know, I'm going to go with Terry Rozier. And I probably shouldn't base my vote on Tuesday night's opener, but damn, Terry Rozier looked good Tuesday night for the Celtics, and Kyrie Irving looked bad Tuesday night for the Celtics. In the Phoenix Suns' pursuit of a point guard, I do not know how they weren't able to land Terry Rozier. I feel like he'd be a nice fit there. But he's a guy who's in for a big contract next summer. He knows his big payday is coming. I'm expecting a monster year for him. And he's also really good, too. And that Boston team is going to be incredible. So one of the better six men
2: on the top
0: seed in the East. I think he's a, a nice pick.
2: I've got Lou Williams going back-to-back. Back. Okay. Lou Williams, you know, 2017, neat was just bananas for a six-man to average almost 23 points per game. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he was playing starters minutes, really, 33 minutes per game. But, yeah, man, I think Lou Williams is going to bring it home again. I like Tyreek Evans a lot, and I threw this out there on the show the other day, but I think Trey Lyles could be a dark horse, six-man-of-the-year candidate. I mean, I don't expect him to win it just because – I don't know that he's going to play quite enough minutes, really, to to be in competition with some of these other guys. But I think Trey Lyles is just going to be a scoring machine for Denver this year as long as he's getting his 20, 22 minutes every single night. No
0: voter fatigue in six-man-of-the-year award voting? Oh, I haven't,
2: I guess I didn't look whether...
0: I don't think guys that's a get thing. it back no. to back. Yeah. I think it's a thing in MVP voting. I don't think people care enough about six man to yeah. have voter fatigue.
2: And I feel like people love voting for just the guard scoring type for six oh, yeah. man it's of gotta the
0: year. It's got to be a guard. Yeah. Has a big man ever won six man of the year? I don't even have to look <laughs> at the voting to tell you no, it's never happened. <laughs> Most improved player, I'm going with the blue arrow. I'm going with Jamal Murray. He's getting a lot of love preseason. Of course, the GMs picked him as their breakout player. He's getting some love on ESPN2. Two people chose him for most improved player. The leading vote-getter was Brandon Ingram, which I also almost went with. But I think this is a big year for Jamal Murray. I think his scoring goes up. And obviously, like I've spoken about when predicting that, Nikola Jokic will make an all-star game. A lot of this depends on team success, I really do think. If the Nuggets are a solid playoff team, Jokic is going to get all-star consideration. And I think Jamal Murray... Will get most improved consideration.
2: Yeah, I've got uh, Jamal Murray winning this award too. I think that he's going to be Denver's leading scorer this season. If you just look at his numbers last year, the list of guys who scored as much as efficiently as Murray in their age twenty season or younger isn't very long. It's just six or seven other guys, I'm remembering off the top of my head, and almost all of those guys are Hall of Famers. So. What Jamal Murray did last year was really, really impressive, and I expect another leap from him this year because he had a full offseason to work out. I mean, he was really on the shelf last offseason while he recovered from this double that double sports hernia. So I think we're going to see a confident, assertive, even more daring Jamal Murray this year.
0: We've spoken about our MVP picks on the podcast before. You're going Giannis, correct? Yes, sir. And I'm going LeBron, Um I guess just a quick synopsis of why. Look, LeBron got second in MVP voting last year, and I didn't think he had a terribly impressive year for the Cavs. I just think the whole narrative of this season, the whole story of this season is going to focus on what's going on in L.A. with the Lakers and with LeBron. And if he can get that team close to 50 wins, I think he's going to be in the discussion. And um, if he can get himself in the discussion, I think he's got a shot to win think the Lakers, this might be weird saying this, might be slightly underrated. Alonzo Ball, slightly underrated. Brandon Ingram, slightly underrated. I also think there's a chance they make a big deal at the deadline, which will help the Lakers get some more wins and help LeBron get some more MVP votes. Um, but I think Giannis is a great pick. He's going to have a monster year. Anthony Davis is a good pick as well. One of the Warriors, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, they could be a contender as well. So there's a lot of ways you could go. I don't remember a year when the MVP has been this wide open, but I'm going LeBron. And I was going LeBron before I realized that this was the odds-on favorite for MVP. Before I realized everybody was picking LeBron for the award, I thought it was like a, like a little bit of a cheeky, sneaky, uh, dark horse pick, but <laughs> apparently not.
2: You thought picking LeBron for MVP was a dark horse pick?
0: <laughs> yeah. Going to the Lakers, a team that some people were picking to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I thought that was a dark horse pick.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I will say that I, I think voters are becoming a little more receptive to picking guy MVP, even though you know his team might only finish fourth, fifth, sixth in the standings. Russell Westbrook won MVP in 2017. And the Oklahoma City Thunder finished sixth that year. Uh, Anthony Davis did pretty well in MVP voting last year. So I'm I'm generally supportive of that idea. I don't think that the MVP has to be from a top three team in either conference. Um, that being said, I think Giannis is going to win it this year. I think the Bucks are going to be a top three seed in the East. As I said earlier, life is just going to be so much easier for Giannis. You I mean, would hope. I think the Bucks are going to play a beautiful brand of basketball. Um, I am so pumped to watch them play this year. They're, I mean, for Giannis to put up those numbers that he did under Jason Kidd when you know th- things were so difficult for him. He often had multiple defenders draped over him. It's just going to be, I mean, he's going to get the ball in his spots, he's going to get the ball in the move, and he's only going to have to break down one defender instead of a couple of them.
0: My ballot, if I had to go five deep, would be LeBron, Giannis, AD, Steph Curry, James Harden.
2: Okay, I was wondering if you're going to give any love for Harden.
0: Yeah. What about your ballot?
2: Um, Giannis, AD, LeBron, Harden, and Nikola Jokic.
0: Okay, I love it. I love it. Conference Finals predictions. In the East, I've got Boston and Philly, even though Philly did not look impressive Tuesday night. I think they'll round into form. In the West, I've got Golden State and Houston. I know, real imaginative. And then I've got Golden State winning the
2: finals in seven games. Oh, going seven? Okay. I feel like everybody has Golden State and Boston in the finals. Yeah, I think they're the two best teams in the league. I definitely <laughs> think they are. And I'm kind of with you. I, I think it's going to be, it could be a competitive NBA Finals be- between them. I mean, Boston is so deep, so switchy. Brad Stevens is a freaking mastermind. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Warriors over Boston um, in six games.
0: Yeah, Boston is in the same tier for me as a Houston. Maybe Houston is the better regular season team, but I get the sense that Boston is kind of built for the playoffs. I know they haven't done it before, but they've got the switchy wings. They've got the guard play. They've got the head coach. They just seem like a team built for the playoffs.
2: And the crunch time scorer too.
0: Yeah, multiple. Jason Tatum, man, wow.
2: Is there a chance we look
0: back at the end of the year and say, or we're heading into the playoffs saying Jason Tatum's the best player on Boston? mm. No. Really? Did you watch the game last night?
2: Uh no, I was moving, <laughs> unfortunately I didn't. But I don't I also don't say so and so is the best player after one game.
0: Well, tell us what you think about our NBA Finals predictions I said at the end of the year. Will we be saying at the end of the year that Jason Tatum is the Celtics best player? I think there's a chance. But we want to hear from you guys of course if you have uh we want to hear your MVP predictions your conference finals predictions, your awards predictions, hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. We're going to give our final Nuggets predictions for this season at the end of this show. But we've got one more question to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let's go there right now.
3: This is EJ Holloway from Jacksonville, Florida. Wanted to say hello and ask a brief question. Um, It's just been... Uh, teasing my brain I'm thinking about the Nuggets future Um, I think we have a really good build right now a great depth on the bench Um, but you know with with these G League guys I'm I'm concerned about you know two players getting time and uh, when uh, when you think they'll elevate their game and uh, be a part of the Nuggets rotation I assume that you know free agency hits each year and that you know, one of our key guys may end up leaving and uh, make space for uh, Thomas Welsh, who is a a great guy on the offense, defensive boards. Or, you know, um, obviously we have Tyler Lydon, um, who, you know, I think could be a beast inside. Uh, He could definitely grow in size, both he and Welsh. Um, But they could be defensive key players uh, later on down the line. Do you think any of those guys, leave before they become a part of the Denver Nuggets rotation
0: possibly in the future all right thanks EJ so here's the question I'll pose to you to kind of sum up that question there out of all the players at the end of the Nuggets bench the two two-way guys Devonna Kuhn Purcell and Thomas Welsh the end of the bench guys Tyler Lydon and a couple of the injured guys right now Jared Vanderbilt Michael Porter Jr. these two Nuggets draft pit picks along with Welsh from this summer who out of those guys do you see making an impact with the Nuggets the soonest?
2: I don't think there's a very good chance that any of those guys makes a significant impact this year. I mean, this Nuggets team is already so deep, but I mean, I would probably just say Michael Porter Jr. at the start of next year. Um, I don't think that Michael Porter Jr. is going to get a chance to make much of an impact this year. I would expect the Nuggets to continue to, to slow play him and really just not rush him back from after having two back surgeries. So I'd probably say Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know has a chance to challenge for a rotation spot at the start of next year. The Nuggets are pretty thin at small forward already. That's Michael Porter Jr.'s natural position. And I think Jared Vanderbilt could, depending on what happens with the powered forward rotation You know, this coming summer right now, there's a log jam at power forward with Paul Millsap, Trey Lyles. I mean, Wancho can even slide over and play a little power forward. But yeah, I mean, those are the two guys uh, at the start of next year, I think. I'm going to go with Jared Vanderbilt as the guy who's going to make an impact the soonest.
0: Not sure if it's going to be this year. I mean, if we're looking for one of those guys to make an impact this year, I think he's the logical choice there. Maybe even next year too. Look, I think Michael Porter Jr. could make a larger impact, but maybe Jared Vanderbilt makes a slightly smaller impact sooner. If that makes sense. I just think the nuggets are super high on him. There's an obvious space for him at the power forward. The nuggets could be lacking in power forwards as crazy as that sounds next year after they've been stocked full at that position for the last three years. Um, Paul Millsap could be a free agent. Trey Lyles is a restricted free agent next summer. So I'll go with Jared Vanderbilt. Um, But yeah, I don't see any of those guys making a huge impact this year for sure, unless injuries really hit. Out of the two two two-way guys, Devona kuhn Purcell is the one who could make an impact sooner rather than Thomas Welsh. I think if the Nuggets were really desperate for guys on the wing, they'd go his direction. But yeah, to sum that up, don't see many of those make guys making too big of an impact this year. Next year, I think, is when you would look for the Vanderbilts, then maybe the Porters uh, to really come into their own and have a big role with this team. All right, well, thanks, guys, for the questions. Before we move on here, we've got some player props lined up to end the show, and then we'll give you our Nuggets season prediction and finish in the Western Conference standings at the very end got to tell you guys about Total Beverage. We've got a really awesome deal going on for BSN listeners right now at Total Beverage. You probably already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. Now they're offering delivery to anywhere in the North Metro area, from Wheat Ridge to Erie, for a limited time. Total Beverage is also offering $20 off a purchase of $100 or more on their website and app if you use the promo code SPOOKY. S-P-O-O-K-Y. Again, use promo code SPOOKY. You're going to save $20 off your $100 or more order for all your Halloween parties and have it delivered to your door using that Total Beverage app. So again, download the Total Beverage app, use promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order or promo code SPOOKY for a limited time for $20 off your $100 order on the Total Beverage app, or on TotalBeverage.com. First up for our over-under player props, Nikola Jokic triple doubles. He had 10 last year. I set the over-under at 11.5. Over-under 11.5 triple doubles for Nikola Jokic.
2: I'll just say before we get into this, I'm taking the over on almost any offensive stat. <laughs> this is just going to be a monster year from the Nuggets offensively. I'm going over on the Jokic triple doubles. Um, I don't know. Give me give me 13 this year. The real question is how many dunks do you think he's going to have this year? Because he, he finished with just eight um, last season. I think he was at 23 the season before that. And he finished last year, of course, with more triple doubles and dunks. Do you think that that trend continues this year?
0: No, I think he finishes the year with more dunks than triple-doubles, but I'm still picking the over on triple-doubles. I don't know about you. It seemed like last year he tried to dunk it as few times as possible. There were many times when he could have thrown down a dunk, but he preferred to lay it up.
2: That's because I told him about our bet. (laughs) I
0: know you did. (laughs) But maybe it's a thing where he doesn't want to waste energy. I don't know. I think he dunks the ball more this year, but he also gets more triple-doubles. Like Jokic got those triple-doubles last year, And he had that swoon in December slash January where he was scoring in single digits when he was hurt for a large stretch. Uh, He had one of the worst months of his career in November last year. And he had some terrible games in December too when he came back from injury. Uh, So I think he's going to have a much more consistent year and that's going to lead to more triple doubles. So I'm going over on that.
2: Next up on our list, Jamal Murray, 19 and a half points per game. Uh, Jamal Murray went from 9.9 points per game as a rookie to 16.7 in year two. Over under, Harrison.
0: I'm going over, and I'm going over, but I'm not predicting Jamal Murray to lead the Nuggets in scoring. I'm predicting Nikola Jokic, too. So, yes, I think more than two players on this Nuggets roster will average over 20 points a game. Um Like I said when I picked him for most improved player of the year voting, I think this is going to be a big season for Jamal Murray. I think he's definitely going to make a leap this year. He's got a lot of things going for him, and I think he's coming into this year with a ton of confidence. He's spoken at practice this week about how last year was his first full-time year playing point guard. He had this kind of internal battle in his mind. Should I be looking to set my teammates up? Should I be looking for Jokic? Should I be looking for Paul Millsap? Should I be looking to set Gary Harris up? Or should I be trying to find my own offense? I think he's going to be much more aggressive this year, and that's going to lead to more points.
2: Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. I think he's going to lead the team in scoring. And I agree with your point that we're going to see just a much more aggressive Jamal Murray. He's not going to worry as much about setting others up, and I think that's totally fine with the way this Nuggets team is set up. Nikola Jokic can handle most of that responsibility. Now, Jamal has to do a little better job, in my opinion, of some simple playmaking things like you know making a a solid bounce pass Nikola Jokic on the pick and roll and finding Jokic on that short roll. But, yeah, we're going to see Jamal Murray really lean into the idea of I'm just going to be the number one scorer on – a really good team this year, I think.
0: Gary Harris, three-pointers made. He made 156 last year, 107 the year before. We've set the over-under at 165, so not predicting a huge jump, but I'm going to follow the trend here and say over. He had the same amount of three-pointers made last year as Will Barton, but it's crazy. We're in this three-point renaissance in the NBA right now, and I'm not sure we're even close to seeing the peak of the three-pointer in the league. I'm not sure we're close to seeing teams take the maximum amount of threes that they can get away with. We're going to be seeing more and more threes over the next few years. Everybody's three-point attempts are going to go up, and everybody's makes are
2: going to go up too. Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. How long? How many years away do you think we are from a wider court? Because we could bring the three-point line out a little bit, make it a tad more difficult. Do you think that's a, a possibility eventually, I mean, 10, 15 years from now? It should
0: be. It should be a thing right now. The court should be wider right now. It's too narrow. Too many guys step out on the sidelines. It, it's That's a play that just like shouldn't happen. That's a play that shows you the court is too small. Like If you've ever stood on an NBA court, there is very little wiggle room between the three-point line, the corner, and the sideline. It should be a rule right now. The only reason it's not is because you'd have to adjust the court-side seating, and teams would lose money. It seems like a stupid discussion, to be quite honest. The court should be wider already.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a 10.5-size shoe, and even I feel a little cramped standing between the, the three-point line and the sideline. I don't know how those guys who wear a size 15s do it.
0: All right, next up on the list here, what do we got? Mason Plumley free throw percentage. Last year, he shot 45.8% from the line, a career low. This or the year before, he shot 56.7%. You set the over under at 52% for Mason Plumley free throws. I'm guessing you're taking the over.
2: Yeah, I think I am. Mason Plumlee has been all over the place um, with his free throw percentage since he came into the league, shot 62.6% from the line as a rookie. And like you just said, last year, 54.8% was a career low. I think that Mason Plumlee is going to have a little bit of a bounce back here. I mean, he was the worst free throw shooter in the NBA by a significant margin. You know, If you look at even the Steven Adams, the Clint Capellas of the world, even those guys are are shooting – in the mid 50s from the line so Mason Plumley has only I mean he only has up to go and I think working with Mark Price could help him out a little bit so yeah I'm taking the over I'm taking the over
0: and I'm going to say he shoots 60% from the line this year wow I'm a believer in You're Mark a wild Price man. sign me up for Mark Price and Mason Plumley I'm here for that all day moving on Monte Morris minutes per game until Isaiah Thomas gets back over
2: under 17 what do you got? I'll take the under slightly. I think Monte's is going to be right in that 15 minutes per game range. I think we'll see him play a six to seven minutes stint in the first half and then another six to seven minutes stint in the second half. I don't think we're going to see him really closing any games. That's Jamal Murray is going to be the guy out there. But I think Monte's is going to be an important part of this team, definitely.
0: I'm going to go over. Um I'm going to go over 17, just slightly over, but I think he might play a little more than uh, than we think he might. We'll see Wednesday night.
2: We'll see. I threw this out on a previous podcast, um, I think about a month ago, but I had the over-under on Jamal Murray, Blue Arrows fired at 19. You kind of laughed at that at the time. Um, we've still got the over-under at 19. Which one are you going with? I'm going way over. I'm going with two
0: blue arrows in the opener Wednesday (laughs) against the Clippers, way over 19 for the
2: year. Well, I I mean, there aren't, like, hard numbers on how many blue arrows he fired last year, so it's hard to set this line, Harrison, all right? Don't laugh at me. We should ask him. Yeah, uh, I think I'll probably go over. I'm counting this as an offensive stat. Joel Murray (laughs) doesn't fire any blue arrows when he makes a cool defensive play. (laughs) Right. It only comes after, like, a sweet pull-up three in transition or something like that. So, I'll take the over as well.
0: Michael Porter Jr. games played. Set the over-under at .5. And I'm taking the under, if I had to guess. I'd say he does not play in a game this year. I think the Nuggets continue that long-term approach with him. Just speculating here, what is your uh, take on that over-under .5?
2: Yeah, I've got the under as well. And just listening to Michael Porter Jr.'s comments in recent interviews lately, it seems like he's really getting on board with definitely this idea that patience is the best thing for him long term. Um, you know, his, his camp, his father was quoted this summer as saying that, hey, Mike could be ready for game number one of this regular season. That's how good he's feeling. And we've heard a different message from Porter really since then.
0: We really have. We really have. Malik Beasley over under 900 minutes played, said that calculated out to 11 minutes per game. I'm going over that for sure. I think there's a scenario on the table where Malik Beasley really breaks out this year and becomes a consistent option off the Nuggets bench. I don't want to say that's a foregone conclusion. That's what's definitely going to happen. He's definitely going to emerge from the pack of three from him, from Wancho, and from Torrey Craig as the guy who's going to play minutes for most of the year in that ninth man role. But I think there's a chance he does. And I know Chris asked this on the previous pod, or uh, asked this earlier in the show on his question, why can't the Nuggets play 10 or 11 guys? I think they could play 10 guys. Um, 9 guys is what Michael Malone wants to play. Most teams will play 9 or 10. I think they could play 10 and uh a lot of teams maybe a more veteran team would play 10 or 11. The Nuggets have so many young guys that uh, they've just got, you know, they can play more minutes, they can play more games. They don't need to be rested as much throughout the season. You know, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, those guys aren't going to take nights off throughout the season. This is a young team who can play a lot of minutes, so maybe that's another reason why they'd play uh, nine guys instead of 10 or 11. But I wouldn't be opposed to Nuggets playing 10 guys.
2: I'm going to go a little bit out in a limb here and say that Malik Beasley firmly establishes himself as the ninth guy on this team this year. I just think if you look at Beasley's skill set, The Nuggets need a guy like that. They need a guy who is a strong perimeter defender. They need some of that athleticism. The Nuggets aren't the most athletic team in the world. I mean, they mostly get by on skill. And I think if Malik Beasley can just continue to stay within himself on the offensive end, make the simple play, then there's a pathway for double-digit minutes every single night here. Um, And I'm going to take the over as well. I think he's going to be an important rotation part of this team this year. Uh, I'm a believer in, you know, just the progress he showed in a couple preseason games there. I'm going to
0: amend this next question on the fly. Who do you think finishes with the most game winners on the Nuggets this year? Oh, take Jamal Murray. I was going to take Jamal Murray, too. I think he's the logical default choice there. Will Barton had a memorable game winner last year. Gary Harris, of course, hit that shot against the Thunder. But if you're looking for a guy to hit the most game-winning shots for the Nuggets this year, I think that might be Jamal Murray. Moving on, Trey Lyle's points per game, over under 12. He had
2: 9.9 points per game last season. What do you think? I'm taking the over. I feel like I've been 90% overs here Um I already said uh, on this podcast that I think Trey Lyles could be a dark horse six man of the year candidate. Harrison, I am drinking all of the Nuggets Kool Aid. <laughs> I am drunk on Nuggets Kool Aid right now. Uh, well, we need the regular season games to start to settle me down.
0: Well, you don't have to wait much longer; just a couple hours here. Over or under twelve points per game for Trey Loud. You know, I'm going to go under. Um, I think Trey Lyles is going to have a big year. Twelve points a game in a. 20 to 25 minute per game roll. He's got to shoot as efficiently as he did last year. I think he can certainly do that. Uh, He's got to do that in more minutes. I think there's a shot. I'll go under for the sake of this argument, though. My final one here over under 0.5 games until the Nuggets fan base freaks out. I'm going under because I think there's a chance they could fall to the Clippers Wednesday night, and that would probably cause some people to panic. It's tough, guys. It is tough to win an opening night game on the road against any team, let alone a team like the Clippers, who's at least going to be a little pesky this year.
2: Uh, I've got it over because I think the Nuggets are going to win tonight. But, okay. yeah, there will definitely be some freakouts if, if they do lose this game. But, yeah, I think the Nuggets will take care of business tonight. I think they'll put up a cool 115 points and... Give me the Nuggets winning 115 to 107, Harrison.
0: How many points for your man, Bobon? Oh. Uh, well, he's definitely going to play, right? That, that's the yeah. first thing we should state. He doesn't play a lot. He only played double-digit minutes in like six games for the Clippers last year. Two of those came against the Nuggets, of course. But the fact that he always kills Denver, I can assure you he'll play tonight in the opener. He'll probably have another big game.
2: Yeah, double-double coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, 10 points on five or six shooting and to maybe 10 rebounds in about 17, 18 minutes. You can see it already.
2: He's got the best per 36 minutes numbers in the game.
0: Well, thanks for listening, guys. Hope everybody enjoys the opener tonight. If you're going to be at Pepsi Center Saturday for the Nuggets home Opener against the Suns, hit me up. I'd love to meet with some of you guys, chat about the Nuggets, answer any questions you've got. Hit me up on Twitter through email. And with that, we'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Of course, recapping this game, taking your questions on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call there. Talk with you guys then.